The follow-up is simple. Ask a question, listen to the answer, then follow up. I'm your host, Noah Kozlov. Enjoy. Follow-up today is with Nick Buzzell. We met in New York City 16 years ago. We were interning, living in the financial district when nobody else really lived in the financial district in New York. And now he's the CEO and chairman of MBTV Studios, specializing in creating video properties that brilliantly integrate brands with the programming. And Nick's vision and execution has been ahead of the curve for years, but it's a grind. Nick, what's your biggest source of frustration in the entertainment business as you're trying to disrupt it? Uh, thanks for having me, by the way, and, and it's great to see you've come so far uh, as as well, and I'm excited to be on this podcast and, you know, to, to really drive right into it. I mean, we're, we've always been ahead of the curve, which is sometimes a blessing and a curse. It's great to be ahead of the times and, and have a vision that no one else does, and, and then it's also a challenge because there's a lot of education. But I think, you know, we're getting there, and the industry is getting there, but part of what still blows my mind and still is amazing to me even in 2017 is that you know the entertainment business has been not you know very aggressive as an industry or or really ahead of the times as an industry in terms of innovation and and really coming up with new methods of of consumer experiences on on all these devices that we have in our lives they've they've really relied mostly on the technology companies uh, whether it be Apple or Google, to kind of lead the charge on a lot of the innovation. And I think not only is that affecting the industry in terms of their, their overall strength, but I also think that now you have big media companies um, that are not the only buyers in the content business. Now you have Apple, you have Amazon, you have Facebook. And so, you know, really to me, the the biggest frustration out of all of it is that the traditional media companies are still not listening to the consumer. They're still really focused on trying to force feed consumers content that isn't resonating today. There's so many different channels between social media, live ratings, and and in in actually just asking people what they want to see and summing you know summing it up to what Facebook has been doing uh, with their watch program, but even what Netflix has has really been leading the charge on in terms of recommendations and helping use the data that they have to make programming decisions. The traditional media space seems woefully behind the times, even with the threat that they face from the bigger, you know, more uh, kind of wealthy tech companies who have a lot of cash and have a lot of aggressive, you know, behavior as it relates to the physical consumer products that they're going to marry with content. You know, it one, you know, it leads you to believe, you know, what what is the future of a media company? What is a media company really worth? What does a media company really do? Um, you know, when everyone's in the content business, whether you're a brand or you're a tech company, but but I I think the biggest frustration is still is just how you know, almost culturally tone deaf a lot of these companies remain. And and they don't have to be. They have plenty of opportunity and plenty of technology to help solve this problem. Has the Apple, Amazon, Google, Facebook, Netflix, have those companies helped with your education? Well, you know, it's interesting. I mean, you know, the acronym is FANG. (laughs) So I think (laughs) if you think of it in terms of the fact that they made an acronym that that is as flattering as FANG to to (laughs) sum up all those companies, will probably give you a a little bit of a glimpse in terms of what the industry thinks. You know, the frenemy concept has been around for many years, and I think it still exists. And I I do. I think 
you know, having an Apple, having an Amazon, a Facebook uh, in the mix, uh, Netflix, who is, you know, not necessarily a technology company, but is more of a of an SVOD or a subscription-based platform. Uh, it's all helped. And, and, you know, I've been doing this, as you know, for a very long time. And I've been, you know, both inside big media companies like NBC Universal, and I've been working with major brands um, with my own company for, for over, you know, 10 years now. And, all of the the space that that was kind of experimental, really kind of skunkworks, advanced thinking ten years ago is now commonplace, and and all of the thinking now is really about what's the future of television, what's it look like, uh, you know, what do we call it? Uh, even in my own industry, there's a section of this space called OTT, uh, which stands for over the top. Uh, to the consumer, it doesn't mean anything. Uh, to the industry, it barely means anything, but it basically represents everything that's not your cable box. And, and all of those devices, whether it's an Apple TV or an Amazon Fire or a Roku, are manufactured by companies that are not media companies. So I think the, the proliferation of the technology has obviously been a big help. I think everyone from a traditional media and even from a brand standpoint is at that point in their life cycle where they're thinking about what is it that we're doing with this technology? How are we using it? Uh, for me, it's not about applying the old rules and taking TV rules and putting it onto a digital environment. It's about redefining those rules. And, and quite frankly, having no rules is another good example um, of, of somewhere that I think that this space is really ripe for innovation. So we're, we're rethinking TV. We're rethinking the experience. We're leading. Um, you know, in some cases, you know, being a leader, you do, you, you end up doing a lot of the bushwhacking on the front end and everyone behind you has it, has it a little bit easier. But I think that the, the tech companies have definitely lit, uh, more of a fire under the traditional media thinking. But I still think that traditional media has got a long way to go. And, you know, part of it is their leadership and part of it is their, is the overall brain drain of people that are in other industries that are trying to innovate in this space. Um, but can't seem to break through the traditional egos and, and the uh, perception of you know, being the best idea picker is still what matters. How often, Nick, are you in a meeting or sitting on a panel when you hear someone say something that they think is innov- innovative, but you've been saying this for 10 years? I mean, it's, it's often. And, and you know, no, uh, you know no, no ego involved in this statement, but it's, it's you know, like I said, it's one of those things where you could very quickly be ahead of the curve and saying these things and using these terms and and actually demonstrating it's it's one thing to be you know an, an innovator that that you know hypothesize and and creates ideas and thinks about you know what what ultimately the the end goal is versus a, a physical doer or somebody who's actually applying these ideas to creating you know, this new space. I mean, NBTV Studios, New Buzz TV launched our own channel on TiVo almost four years ago when OTT channels were just starting. Um, we've been a developer and a physical executioner in the space since it started. Um, you know, when I was part of NBC, I, I was involved with the Hulu uh, project very early on. And again, it's hard to believe that Hulu's been around um, for as long as it has. And it's also hard to believe that Hulu is not Netflix. I mean, they had all the capital, they had all of the content access, they had a technology platform beyond Netflix uh, at the time, and they still lagged way behind. And I think, again, that just goes to show you that the 
you know, the, the chatter is one thing, but, but people, specifically media people, have to really take action and have to move quickly. Because what I can tell you is that there are many industries, technology included, uh, that have more cash, that have more tech, and can move faster than a lot of these bigger media companies. And, and my concern, you know, at an industry level, and I've spent a lot of time at the industry level, um, including with my new board appointment to, to chair the next-gen uh, advisory board for NAPTI, the National TV Executives um, a Trade Group, to, to really help the industry help itself. I, I feel like if we, as an industry, don't get this figured out quickly and make it easier to transact and make it easier to do business, we may, we may encounter the same challenges the music business faced. And, and that didn't end well for really anybody in the music business. How often are you changing your pitch? You know, the pitch is pretty much the same. I mean, first of all, consumer experience drives everything, which again goes back to my point of, of, of even some of the technology companies that aren't quite getting it still, or even the media companies that aren't. I mean, I think if I were to quote uh, Jeff Bezos, who, who I admire a, a, a lot and also has really taken charge in the industry, you know, he, he has a saying that he finds what the consumer wants and reverse engineers how to do it and basically works backwards. Um, and I think that's a big, big, bold statement from a guy who, you know, when he comes into an industry, he usually comes in and takes, you know, massive, massive charge and gets a bunch of stuff cooking. And, and usually the competition is left in the dust. So I think, you know, part of that thinking is, you know, consumer experience, but also, you know, really making it easy for people to transact and connect with this content and also getting rid of interruptions and getting rid of interruptive ads. And no one likes advertising. I mean, I think whether you, whether you, even if you make it, I mean, you talk to people in the advertising business, they don't watch commercials unless they made them. <laughs> uh, but the, the average consumer is, is really tired of interruptive ads. So, you know, what, what I think has become more, uh, you know, cornerstone to my pitch is really just the fact that we've got to rethink advertising. We've got to rethink TV. We've got to do it quickly. Um, in some cases, this is not rocket science, and in other cases, it is some, some level of science. I wouldn't go quite far as rocket science, but you know, there is a science and an art to this. And I think when you, when you look at the creators and you look at the content business, there's so much great content out there. There are so many great storytellers, and there are still very limited ways for them to get their story out there, and, you know, especially with these larger budget projects. You know, even though Netflix is spending more than any of the media companies combined, you know, there's only a few stops that you can go to get a Game of Thrones made these days. But, but people see these shows, they like them, they become water cooler, they become part of the culture, and they become a must-see event. And I think every company in the media space today is looking for that in, in whatever category they're, they're in. Well, I've long thought that if there's going to be someone to figure this out, it would be you. So I'm proud of you. Thanks, pal. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. You've always been a big supporter. I I'm not going to quit. I feel like there's no, there's nothing but uh, forward opportunity and perseverance. And, and that's like from an entrepreneur's uh, point of view, it's like, you know, I, I like disruption. I, I like no rules. I like rethinking things. Um, and I, you know, I won't quit. You know, it's like the, the, the best line I ever used to, to somebody who was working with us is like, you know, what's your biggest competitive advantage? It's like, you can't outwork us. I mean, we're always working. We're always finding different angles and ways around it. And part of the evolution of this space is that what makes it fun. And, and ultimately, I'm excited to see what the next five years brings. I'm really excited to see what the next 10 years brings. And I'm, and I'm confident that we'll be a leader. And I'm confident that we'll, uh, as a consumer, we'll all have a better experience.
Every time Nick and I get together, I leave all fired up, ready to make things happen. His attitude and vibe are infectious. And something else I admire about him as an entrepreneur and CEO is his ability to recognize challenges and then embrace creating the solution. When we met through mutual friends back in 01, Nick was going to college and living in New York City, and I was there interning after my freshman year. And our friendship is a classic example of surrounding yourself with good people, kind, considerate, bright people, people you can trust, and recognizing the value of simply staying in touch. Check out what Nick has going on over at NBTV Studios at nbtvinc.com, nbtvinc.com. Thanks for taking the time to join us on The Follow-Up. The Follow-Up is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W dot com.